The Jets looked horrendous in their season opener, falling flat on their face to the Bills, 27-17. We look back at an awful effort from Gang Green, Sam Darnold's nightmare game, and the defense giving Josh Allen all day to throw. The post Steve Serby joins us as we talk covering the game from his couch and how long the leash will be on Adam Gase if Darnold doesn't improve and the team doesn't win. All that and more next on Gangs All Here from the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome in to Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. I am Jake Brown, along with my co-host, Jets beat writer for the Post, Brian Costello. Follow us on Twitter, at Jake Brown Radio and at Brian Cos. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. But stop what you're doing now. Go on to Apple, rate us five stars, and write a nice review. The Post, Steve Serby, who covered the game from his home, will join us in the second half of the show. But first, Cos... Another year, another debacle. Week one, the Jets lose 27-17. They fall to 0-1 to open the season. Bills 1-0. And man, this one felt like a lot more of a blowout than 27-17, Cause The Jets got lucky. They had a couple Josh Allen fumbles. Uh, they had a couple missed field goals from the rookie Bass kicker. And other than that, it was really a train wreck for the Jets. Offensively, defensively, A to Z, this team looked unprepared they look like a team that battled a lot of injuries in training camp and they didn't look like they were ready to be out there and that goes on coaching it goes on Sam Darnold it goes on the defense outside of Marcus May was bad just A to Z this team was rough to watch for me from home and I'm sure it was rough for you to watch in Buffalo yeah there aren't many good things Jake like you said Marcus May is about it I thought bless Austin played okay um outside of those two I don't I don't know who you're gonna single out you know I mean the penalties were terrible Nine penalties, and some of them are just killer penalties. Quinn and Williams with two penalties in this game. You know, you're, you're looking for him to make an impact. Not like that, though. Just like you said, everything was was awful. Offense, defense, coaching, you, you name it. I mean, Joe Douglas, one of Joe Douglas's free agent signings, Pierre Desir, gets benched in the second quarter of his first game. That's terrible. You know, a lot, they got a lot of things to fix. Like Adam Gay said after the game, they have a lot of things to fix and they don't have a lot of time to fix them. Uh, you know, I expected the Jets to have some struggles early with all these new pieces that they have. And like you mentioned, injuries in training camp. I didn't think they'd look that bad though. I, when it was 21, nothing, it felt like it was 50 to nothing. Like it felt like you felt, you know what it felt like to me, Jake, it was like watching when Alabama opens the season against Austin P, you know? And it's like, they, you know, like they have no chance to win the game. There was not a minute of this game where I thought the Jets had a chance because they come out, they go three and out right away, look terrible. Then Buffalo drives down the field and Allen fumbles, but they were moving the ball. Then the Jets get the ball back three and out. Bill score. I mean, Bill score on three straight possessions. Jets get four yards on their first three possessions. It just never, like, I never thought the Jets had a chance, even when the Bills let them kind of hang around in the third quarter with the missed field goals. Darnold had one completed pass in the first quarter, correct? So he had the yeah. nine-yard flick, which was really just a lucky pass. You take that off the board, he did nothing. Uh, 23 yards in the first quarter from the Jets. As you said, down 20 
21 nothing right off the bat. It was a Division One versus a Division Two team out there. Then in the second quarter, he's seen Ghost again. He makes a throw off balance, running to his left, right down the middle of the field. There were four defenders in the middle of the field, and if that ball wasn't picked off, you're wondering what the hell is going on with the Bills' defense. Just a, a guy, a third-year quarterback making throws that a rookie would make, and just inexcusable. The Jets were lucky to be down 21-3 at the half, and you know he was 8 of 18, 86 yards, one interception in the first half. He was rough to watch, and listen, we could talk about the O-line not having chemistry yet new we could talk about he didn't have Denzel Mims he didn't have his full receiving core um you could also look at some of the play calling a lot of the same thing that we saw from the Jets last year cause where it was a lot of throws to the line of scrimmage to behind the line of scrimmage the 69 yard touchdown nice was the first touchdown of the year for the Jets was a throw to the line of scrimmage it wasn't a crazy play down the field that was an audible so that one yeah Darnold actually audible to it and it worked you know the play calling is hard for me to evaluate they had 50 plays Jake it's like they had no plays. I mean, I have to wa- I'll have to watch rewatch the game to sort of get a better feel for that. But Donald's decision making to me is the biggest story out of this game because you can excuse some things, but just terrible decision making in his third year. You don't didn't expect to see that. And you mentioned the interception, and I'll talk about the the play where um, he was rolling to the right. And he just held the ball forever and then got sacked out of bounds to lose five yards. And it's like, why not just throw the ball into the stands? You're not going to hit any fans in this game. There's no one there. Just throw the ball away. And like, I, I just don't understand why he's still making these mistakes. Yeah, it's it's the same old song with him. And listen, early on, he did have his receivers drop a couple. But he also, on that first couple drops, he overthrew guys who were wide open. So Yeah, not even overthrowing, Jake. Like Overthrowing is kind of like... It was like the guy was like five yards from him and he would throw it five yards to the right. I, it was I, my perspective where I'm like, so, you know, like the press box is in the end zone in Buffalo kind of wraps around. So I am looking out of the end zone basically. So I can see these plays developing and you can see a receiver is open and you know, the ball is just not even getting close to them. Uh, so early on, I don't know. He looked jittery to me. He looked like he was leaving the pocket early. Like you thought you mentioned the ghost game. It reminded me of that a lot because he, he just seemed to be, you know, nervous about getting hit or something. I don't know if that's rust. You know, he didn't have any preseason games or what. Like, it's a different world for quarterbacks going from training camp because they can't get hit in training camp. So it's a lot different. But he um, he just looked so, so off today. It's one game. We're all going to overreact to it because it's week one. But uh, you got to remind yourself it's one game and, and maybe the Jets can at least look like a professional football team um, next week. I mean, I thought they, they played a lot better in the second half, especially defensively. And they put that, you know, garbage time drive together on offense. If you take anything from that, I really don't. I don't take anything from that touchdown. The crazy thing is that they were still in this football game in the fourth quarter. That Herndon fumble. Herndon fumble, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what happened there? Because on TV, it looked like they were actually going to overturn it and the Jets were going to stay alive, and then it was a fumble. What, take us through that play. Yeah, so he, he, they, they reviewed the play, and it was funny because the Jets' defense came on the field. Then all of a sudden, the Jets' defense ran off the field and the offense ran back out. So I thought, okay, the refs told them they're overturning it. Then all of a sudden, the offense runs back off the field. Defense comes back on, and the play stood. We, uh, you know, in this COVID time, Jake, we only get a few players uh, after the game on Zoom, so we did not talk to Chris Herndon. I would like to ask him, you know, what exactly happened there. It looked like he, to me, it looked like he was bobbling the ball, but it popped out. I mean, and that was that was the last gasp 
I mean, they were down 21 to 10 at that point. It was just the fourth quarter just started. They just got a penalty that put them at midfield. You know, if they score a touchdown there and you're talking 21-17, now you're saying, okay, maybe they can do something. That fumble, you know, led to a, led to a field goal. Uh, and you just crushed them. Yeah, what was it? They got a face mask on a negative yard run that yeah. you know put them towards the middle of the field. And listen, if Herndon, that's incomplete, maybe the Jets somehow come back in this game. It would have still been a long shot, but they're very much still alive then. So that was really just the ultimate buzzkill by Chris Herndon, who, listen, he's, you know, you want him to be one of Darnold's top targets. He's on the field. He's healthy. You're hoping he could be great this year, especially with the injuries and the lack of chemistry, clearly, between Darnold and his receivers. Uh, in the backfield, we talk about it later with Serby, but it's scary to say, oh, Le'Veon Bell, his best run, five yards. Oh, yeah, let's give him a round of applause for a five-yard run. Listen, he had the nice reception, but... Didn't look good on the ground. And then on top of it, a hamstring injury, which obviously was the whole yeah. Twitter war, Twitter war with Adam Gase. And uh, now it's back. Is this thing going to be serious? Do you think he misses some extended time here? Yeah, I'd be guessing, but I'm going to guess yes. Uh, usually these things, these soft tissue things never go quickly. I mean, Yankee fans can tell you that, right? With with Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. You know, obviously Denzel Mims has just been through this with the Jets. Like, if you have a hamstring, it's not, he's going to miss next week. I don't think there's any way he's going to be ready for next week. I mean, these, these things take a long time to come back from. And the way it happened, too, with Bell was he was kind of pulled down. It was a penalty on the um, A.J. Klein on the Bills linebacker, you know, and, and Gase said he regretted leaving him in. You know, Bell didn't want to leave the game. And I think Gase kind of, you know, gave way to him, maybe in light of what happened a few weeks ago in the scrimmage when Bell tweeted that his hamstring was fine. Uh, but yeah, now you're looking at Frank Gore. I think they have to hope LaMichael Ryan can come back. He didn't play uh, in this game, but, you know, maybe he's ready for next week. And uh, Josh Adams, you know, Ryan's a guy, he, he was dynamic in training camp before he hurt his ankle, so he could add a dimension to this offense if they could get him back. Listen, they need a playmaker. I mean, the fact that their play was, you know, kind of a lucky touchdown by Crowder. I know he, he did make some nice moves, but it was, as you said, an audible. Uh, yeah. It wasn't one of those flashy, you know, Hail Marys, play action. It shocked us all when it happened. It was like, wow, how do you do that? It really could have been a play for negative yards. Um, Let's shift over to the defense here, Kaz. Pierre Desir quickly benched, essentially, and bless Austin, became their number one cornerback. What did you see out of a secondary? We talked earlier, Marcus May was the guy. He was their pass rusher, uh, you could say, just like a Jamal Adams. But the cornerback situation, like we said on our preview show, is going to be scary to watch all year. It is. And, you know, Bills have a good receiving core, right, with Diggs and John Brown is good and uh, Cole Beasley is good in the slot. So they, this is going to be one of the better receiving cores they see. But when they play a team like this, it's going to be scary for the Jets cornerback-wise because they just don't have they just don't have guys there. I mean, bless all Austin, I thought, played pretty well, but you know, Josh Allen had a lot of open receivers to throw to. He he started he was started off really hot and then he was missing guys in the second half. You know, it's gonna be that's gonna be something to watch, and Greg Williams is gonna have to scheme it up to kind of hide those cornerback deficiencies. Did they not put enough pressure? Did they not, you know, dial up enough blitzes? What was the issue there? I think the blitzes are scary against him, Jake, because if you miss him, he's gone. And he showed that a lot of times running. I think they were blitzing early and not getting to him, and they not getting him. Marcus made a good game, but 
he missed them a couple times in the first half. I think you need to, they just need a little more discipline, like on the edges. They kept letting him get around the edge and you can't do that with Josh Allen. Like, you know, that's what he wants to do. And they, they really didn't have the discipline there. So, you know, I'm not going to kill them on the pass rush today because I do think against a running quarterback like that, there is some of like kind of stay in your lane. Don't let them escape. And so guys might've had that in mind. They didn't do a great job of it early. They did better late, but there were some plays where he just stood back there and had all the time in the world. Oh, freaking day. Hey man, it's still yeah. tonight. We're recording the show. He's still running and waiting. And I mean, imagine a better quarterback. I mean, next week they got to face Jimmy Garoppolo. Who, let's be real. He's much better than Josh Allen. He will find the open receivers. But he's different. He's a pocket quarterback. So there, there you can do a little more blitzing and stuff. You're not worried about Garoppolo running 20 yards. I mean, he can run a little bit. He's, he's a little bit mobile. A little bit. Not like Josh Allen. No, not like Josh Allen. Josh Allen has more rushing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson, you know, than last year. So he, he can run. And I couldn't believe at the goal line, Allen runs that bootleg. Like, how did you not see that coming? You know, like that, that you had to be streaming, like watch the bootleg and they just let it go around the edge. So they did a really poor job against Josh Allen. Uh, his running ability. Today. Well, they got to out-coach across the board, Kaz, and everyone wants to talk about Adam Gase. Greg Williams sucked, too, today. He was terrible. He did. I mean, he was just he did, awful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Josh Allen, the last time he threw for 300 yards, he was at Wyoming against Gardner-Webb, I think it was. So, the Jets look like Gardner-Webb today. He was playing the Hofstra defunct football team at that <laughs> point. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty awful you know, that the Jets give up a career day to this guy and not a, you know, not a midseason for him in week one. I mean, he's, you know, these guys have had the same amount of prep as the Jets. And I know I mean, they probably haven't had the same amount of injuries, but the same kind of thing. No preseason, trying to cohesion. With the exception, with the exception of Diggs, they're all back. You know, they know each other from last year. Diggs is new. But, um, you know, I think we talked about this, like teams that have continuity uh, are going to do well this year. Uh, and teams that are a lot of new pieces are, might struggle early on. Take us through kind of the process, getting in the stadium. Obviously, I'm sure it's similar to practice, but what was the protocols like? It's a lot better than usual because <laughs> usually if, for anyone who's been to the Bills Stadium, you know, it's in a neighborhood. It's basically, you know, right dropped right in the neighborhood. There's all these houses around it. There's a one-lane you know, road going into the stadium. So usually it takes forever to get in there uh, with traffic. Today, breezed right in. Uh, you know, we I had to fill out a COVID questionnaire in the morning, like everyone's filled out these days, I'm sure, about, you know, have I, have I been coughing or have I been out of the country? All that those questions. And then they took my temperature, uh, you know, on the way in. And that that was, you know, pretty much it in terms of getting in the building. Obviously, we there were, the press box was the way it was set up was uh, they took out a lot of the chairs. So there was like every third seat or so, there was somebody sitting there and every Everyone had a mask on. So, that you know, that's how it was. And post-game, you're all in the press box and all in the same Zoom room? Is that how it works? Well, the Jets writers are, and then the Bills writers were doing their Zoom calls, you know, with the, with their guys. So, yeah, it's um, it's different. All right, let's take it to that reaction and to that post-game. What did, let's start off with Sam Darnold. What did Sam Darnold have to say after the game about his performance? He took the blame on himself. You know, Sam's always good like that. Said, so put it on him. Um, you know, he just didn't play well. And, you know, he, he admitted he made some poor decisions, some poor throws, had some open receivers. Uh, but Sam's always a guy, you know, said, like, you just got to get to work tomorrow and fix things. And it's week one. You know, I don't think he's, you know, I think he's probably going to beat himself up for 24 hours. And Sam's usually pretty good about moving on after that. Uh, head coach Adam Gase. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jets Twitter's already hashtag fire Adam Gase. The T-shirts are being produced. Um, we'll see how long he lasts this season if he makes it through the year. Obviously, we don't want the the week one overreaction. That's just every year. I mean, that's the only thing you compare it to. What did Adam Gase have to say after the game? I uh, said, you know, it was as bad a start as they could have had offensively. You know, and he um, he just said they just, they just played terribly. 
you know, again, he said, like, you know, they got a lot of things to fix in a short time to fix them, which I, you know, I think that sums it up because <laughs> they got the 49ers in six days. Um, you know, they got to figure this thing out quickly. What do you think here if, you know, do you think they get Mims and P. Ryan potentially back? And do you think those two guys in that offense gives them more of a chance to beat the Niners or is this team kind of toast from the start here? I think P. Ryan has a chance because he hurt his ankle. It's now two weeks ago, I believe. It was when they were practicing the stadium. Um, so that'll be three weeks. I think he has a chance. I don't think Mims will be back, though. I mean, Mims just hurt his hamstring Thursday. So I think that's going to be a while before you see Mims again. Um, Gase the other day didn't rule out IR for Mims, which would keep pushing about three games. So, um, yeah. And, you know, I think Piron could do some things. He's an interesting back. Like, he, he, he looks really good. I mean, I go back to that scrimmage. A few weeks ago, he was the only guy that was really making plays out there offensively. He had a 69-yard run in that scrimmage. So I think Piran could do some stuff. You know, he's a rookie, but I, I, I'm curious to see what he can do when he gets out there. So maybe he has an effect. You know, it's a long season, Jake. Crazy things happen in the NFL. You can't say I mean, they're not going 0 16. You know, they're gonna they're gonna win some games, but they definitely have a lot of things to fix right now. Cause it's 2020. You just never know. Maybe this team does go 0 and 16. We don't know. You can play that clip. Play that clip back if they do. Yeah, I, I'll, <laughs> Alex, uh, have Mark that one reserved. The tape. Yeah, let's cut that one. Add it to the soundboard for Week 17 uh, <laughs> when they're when they're 0 and 15 going for that final loss. Um, but Kaz, I mean, P Ryan, they're going to need. Because think about it, if Bell's out and P Ryan. Out, we're talking about maybe what Frank Gore and Josh Adams as the Jets' running backs for Week Two. I mean, they'd have to add, they'd have to add somebody. They can't go in with two, and I, I don't even I wouldn't even know who that that is because they haven't really had anyone else. Josh Adams is kind of the extra guy that got activated because Piran was hurt. You know, that Kalen Balaj trade fell through. He was going to be the fourth running back, so uh, I don't even know who that would be. Maybe Bilal Powell gets a call. Oh, let's let's bring back Quincy Anunwa too. Let's just bring the whole gang back <laughs> together. Gang's all here is the name of this show, New York Post. Brian Costello, Jake Brown, Steve Serb will join us next. I'll end it with this, and I'll say the Mets and Jets season ended in Buffalo today. No, I'm just kidding. It's, 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 end, Jake. it's not Week over. One. I'm being Week dramatic. One. I'm being dramatic. From But from the fans' point of view, it's just utter frustration, man. It, you know, this is a rebuilding year, and you're expecting a lot of losses. But you're expecting to compete, and it's unacceptable how poor the Jets play today. It's unacceptable how they coach today. And Adam Gase better coach them the heck up this week because this team has to put a better effort out there against a Niners team that's going to come in very mad. We'll preview this game on Thursday, and Nick Mangold's going to join the show. Excited for that interview with a guy who is a a great Jets player. Don't have a lot of those right now um, and has a great beer, but... This team has to put a better foot forward, and this practice practices this week are going to have to be intense. Adam Gase has really got to show these guys, you know what? What you did out there was, like you said, it was like Alabama versus, I don't know, what was the team that you Austin said? P. Austin, Austin P. Austin P. Don't be Austin P. Compete. And they didn't compete today, and they got to do that next week. Joining us next to talk more about Le'Veon Bell's injury, the future of Adam Gase, and Sam Darnold seeing ghosts is the post-longtime football columnist. Steve Serby. And joining Gangs All Here for the first time this season is the savvy vet himself. He's back for season two of our football podcast. It is Steve Serby, NY Post underscore Serby on Twitter. Serby Kaz was up there in Buffalo. You were from, I guess, the comfort of your couch. Uh, did you wear pants for this football game? I beg your pardon. What kind of an intro was that? <laughs> 
what, what was the covering from home life? We want it. We have Kaz's perspective in this show from there, but Jake, you assume he wears pants when he covers games in person. <laughs> well, I want to, I want to ask Kaz what it was like in, uh, was it Bill's stadium? That's what they call it now, right? Kaz? Yes. Bill's what stadium. Was it, like? uh, it was weird. You know, it was very weird. It was, uh, especially when both teams were inside for the national anthem. That was really strange because it was just an empty stadium. Like there was referees were out there, but there really was no one on the field. Uh, the national anthem's playing, you know, that's usually kind of the buildup to the game. So that was strange. Obviously the socially distancing in the press box, uh, you know, we, it was, they had seats marked off where you couldn't sit. You know, we all wore masks, obviously. So it was different. It was different, but like everything else, getting used to it, you know? I think I saw more on TV than you saw from the press box, to be honest. <laughs> that could be the case. And poor cause. I don't think that's a good I don't think that's a good thing today, sir. Yeah, that's a good point. Poor cause has a, has a seven-hour ride. At the at-home experience, I mean, you, me and you at home watching the game, what was, you know, it was pain. I had to cover my eyes at times, but what was it like for you? Well, first of all, Directing your your uh, directing the read the listeners the wrong way. We were not together. We did not watch the game at home together. You were twenty minutes away from me. Yes, we were, right. we were socially be invited to my home anyway. So yeah. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Unless um, I brought Taverna Kaiklaze. It, it was weird for me. It was weird for me. I mean, I've over the years, once in a blue moon, I covered games from home for whatever reason. But again, it was just I. You, you wish you were there. I wish I was there in one way. But then another part of me says, what? good is it doing me to be there when all the interviews are on over zoom there's no in-person interviews so to me it's a, in, in many ways it's a waste of time and money for me to be there cause what do you think i thought i saw some things that you don't see on tv you know it was funny when they lined up the the john brown touchdown the 17 yard touchdown when the jets lined up i said it out loud i said they're 15 yards off of john brown like the seer was lined up so far away he was in another county so you kind of see stuff like that you know you can kind of pick up i picked up on when they benched the seer they're not telling you that on tv you you know, and like they did, but a little bit eventually. Late. But for Twitter, it's good. Like they're getting it from my Twitter feed. You know, that's when those guys notice stuff. Yeah, well, so, I was getting it from your Twitter feed too. Right, I know. So I think I just think you know I like being there. I like I could see the sideline. Um, I could see what was going on with Le'Veon when he hurt his hamstring, just stuff like that. But yeah, the the I mean, if it was a cost effective study, you know, they they'd have to decide whether they're getting the value out of it. I mean, with the Zoom interviews, it's, it's different. But I still like being at the game and seeing the whole field. Yeah, well, I'm with you on that. But again, you, you nailed it cost-effective. Yeah, did did you think, Serby, that, you know, Gase is right, that he should have kept Le'Veon Bell out of that football game to avoid further injury? Yeah, he was probably uh, psyched out by uh, his <laughs> uh, preseason incident when he took, when he removed Le'Veon from practice and Le'Veon went on Twitter saying, ain't nothing wrong with my hamstrings. <laughs> so he, uh, I, obviously, Gase decided, okay, the guy wants to play, I'll play him. Then he realized it was a mistake to play him on the first series of the second half. Could be a long year for Le'Veon, right, Cuz? Yeah, I thought his best run was uh, after he hurt his hamstring, though. He, he had a five-yard run at the beginning of the second half when they had him in there in the first series, and I thought that was his strongest run of the day. He had the 30-yard pass reception. was. Yeah his best play of the day in the first half, but he didn't look hurt. You know, I saw it when the play that, that he got hurt on was just, just more halftime on the field goal drive where they threw it to him on the right sideline. And the I think it was um, one of the, a, the linebackers. AJ, held him. AJ, Klein. AJ Klein held him and he kind of went down awkwardly. And I saw him getting up kind of 
awkwardly. He t- he touched his hamstring for a second, but then he just started complaining to the ref, you know, to get about the call to get the, to get the call, and he did. So I thought he was okay, but um, it probably was in Gates's head from a few weeks yeah. ago when when uh, Le'Veon yeah. wasn't happy with him. You know, but all in all, I thought it was a good tune-up for the Jets to get them ready for the regular season. <laughs> Boy, Sam, what Sam Darnold, he, he looked like a, a rookie out of USC today. He looked terrible. The accuracy terrible. was off. Decision-making yeah. was off. No poise yeah. whatsoever. Not the, the kind yeah. of poise you need from your third-year quarterback. And, again, Adam Gase was brought here to get Sam Darnold to the next level. And that right now, uh, he better fix Sam Darnold, and he better fix him fast. He doesn't have much of a supporting cast. We knew that. And uh, that was reinforced again today. But you, you got to wonder – Wonder whether it's all gonna whether Sam Darnold is in an environment conducive to be successful for him. I also think you have to wonder if this is just Sam Darnold, or I mean, we can talk about the supporting cast, we can talk about coaching, but I'm I watch highlights here and Joe Burrow. I see him going up and down the field. I see Kyler Murray going up and down the field, and yeah, like the the supporting cast is not good. The coaching might not be good, but at some point, if if you're a good quarterback, you'll make it happen. You know yeah. and. There's very few examples of guys who started off this poorly uh, and turned it around. Alex Smith is one, you know, and he when Harbaugh came, it clicked for him. He, he had a tough time in San Francisco. But I, I don't know what I saw today. I don't think was the supporting cast. I don't think it was play calling. He was missing open receivers in the beginning of the game. There was a terrible interception. I mean, there's yeah, no I, way he should be throwing that interception. No, no in that's, that, that was, that was re- reminiscent of the pick he threw in Miami last year. And uh, it was re- it's, it's it's reminiscent of Mark Sanchez to yeah. me. I, that's why I'm like, this is Mark. He's Mark Sanchez right now, and it's like you know, Sanchez had better. Sanchez had a better run in the first two years than Sam has had. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot got to be a lot of concern about Sam Darnold right yeah, now. Yeah, of course, but also also you have to take into account again. I don't. It's not an excuse for the way he played, but he has no running game, yeah. and he's got a completely new offensive line, yeah. and he's got receivers named Perryman and Hogan. Other than Crowder, Crowder was the only weapon he had that showed up. Hogan caught one pass for no zero yards. Perryman caught three for seventeen. Yeah. Robbie Anderson went off in Carol uh, for Carolina today. But anyway, it's one game. But yes, no, he's look, Adam Gase has to fix Sam Darnold and fix him now. If he can, you know, I just wonder if he can. And and I think, yeah, I mean, Adam Gase will be fired if Sam Darnold if what we saw today is what we see from Sam Darnold all, all year. Adam Gase will be gone at the end of the year. You know, yeah. I, I get asked by fans all the time, you know, what's the record that Gase has to get to to save his job? I don't really think it's about his record. I think it's about Sam Darnold and taking that next step forward. If he And what we saw today was a step backward to me from from games last year. So uh, I don't know. I mean, it just just w- was was really – I didn't expect to see that poor performance from Sam, especially to start off the game. You know, those are plays you, they practice over and over and over because they know they're going to run them the first 10 plays of the game. They got four yards on their first three drives. Yeah, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Well, the good news, the good news, thank goodness they only had the ball for 18 minutes and 44 seconds. Yeah, 53 plays. I mean, you can't win football games running 53 plays. Yeah, guys, there's a certain point you got to stop making excuses for Sam Darnold. And I listen, he he has a new offensive line. He the coaching's been bad. He doesn't have receivers. You also got to factor in that he had no preseason action. He had guys out for the entire. Uh, well, neither neither did Josh Allen. 
Yeah, and uh, but I mean, I mean, he's got Stefan Diggs though, which is far better than any of the Jets receivers, um, and he's got John Brown, who's a little bit underrated. So he's got guys, but I mean, we, I mean, this is the year. If Darnold doesn't improve this year, you're right, Kaz. Gase is going to be gone, and I don't think it's. I think it's too early to say Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, but you're going to come to a point in a year or two if he doesn't progress where you think quarterback in the draft. I think the next. I think the next step, Jake, is a new coach. I mean, they bring, they get rid of Gates. They bring in a new coaching staff, a new new coordinator for Sam, whether that's the head coach or coordinator. And I think someone's in training camp next year to compete with him, like a sort of like what the Bears did with Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky this year. They're, they're going to find some veteran to bring in and compete with Sam next summer if he doesn't progress this year. Well, then they're 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 going to have to if this continues. And again, it's one game. Let's. I know Jet fans are hitting the panic button, and and understandably so because they're Jet fans. But uh, this is going to put a pause. If this continues, there's no way that Sam Darnold's going to be get that big mega ticket yeah. contract that uh, that he wants after the season. Yeah, there's no way. No way you can extend him after this. And the Jets are going to have to make a decision on their fifth on his fifth-year option. So like you said, it's one game. There's a long way to go. And here's what we don't know when, when these first when they play these first games. How good are the Bills, right? Like I, I think that I thought they were overrated coming into this year because people were talking about twelve and four. But you know their defense is is pretty pretty strong. So that's what you don't know. You could look back at this game and say, well, you know the Bills are a really good team, so that makes this loss doesn't look quite as bad in hindsight. We'll see. Jamal Adams, by the way, had twelve tackles and a sack today. Yeah, uh, but I'll, here's what I'll say, sir. That's one guy they didn't miss today. Marcus May had ten tackles and yeah. two sacks. Yeah, Marcus yeah, yeah. Marcus May had a good game. But if you are, if there's one guy who had a good game in this game to me, and it was Marcus May, and he replaced Jamal Adams, and he kind of showed that Jamal's a very good player, but so is Marcus May. So, oh, yeah. Uh, he, no, no, Jamal I, had to go. The guy I kept thinking about was C.J. Mosley today. I mean, they just like – when they were lost in the beginning of the game and couldn't stop Josh Allen, like they just needed a guy like CJ Mosley on the field yeah. to kind of like remember what he looked like against the Bills last year in week one. They had no quarterback on defense and they had no yeah. quarterback on offense today. Other than that, it was great. Yeah. But again, again, the secondary is a mess. The cornerback position is a mess. I thought Bless no- Austin, I thought Bless Austin played okay. He played he, okay, but yeah, uh, the other side's a mess. Uh Pierre Desir. They gave him three and a half million dollars basically to be the number one cornerback. And he goes in there. He commits a horrible penalty in the end zone for holding. Gets the pass interference penalty. And then, like I said before, John Brown, he lines up 15 yards off of him, I think. And John Brown scores a touchdown. And they bench Pierre just here in the second quarter. Um, You know, just a mess. All the problems that we thought, except for Darnold's regression. Yeah. Reared their ugly head. The, 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 The secondary, the lack of a pass rush, and the absence of a running game. And yeah. an offensive line with completely overhauled. They are yeah. who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, it's scary that Marcus May was their best pass rusher. I mean, it took a safety to be your pass rusher. Again, second year in a row that their best, their best pass rusher is a safety. I, the year is 2023, and Josh Allen is still running around in the pocket. I mean, that's how much time he had today out there. And uh, looking ahead, Serby, what do you th- – we talk about Adam Gase and his future – if this team starts off like a one in seven, is he gone by the halfway point? It depends. He very well could be. I mean, if if the, if Sam Darnold is not showing any progress, if he's not the franchise quarterback the Jets are counting on him to be, then they will have no choice but to make a change. As much as they don't want to, as much as Joe Douglas likes Adam Gase, uh, as much as Christopher Johnson has been supportive of him, 
even a year ago after the Miami loss, he told the team, Adam Gase is our coach after the season, no matter what happens. But if the product they put out is, is the amateurish product that we saw today, then uh, I'm afraid uh, uh, he'll have no chance. No, he'll have no recourse other than to, to, to fire him. Yeah, and and Kaz, I know early on last year you heard it from all the Jets fans. You know, a couple of weeks in, fire him, fire him, yeah. fire him. Now it's only going to get louder. <laughs> it's going to echo louder each and every week. And it is yeah. certainly a little early to do so, but man, it's scary when you think San Francisco's coming to town next week. And while they did lose to Kyler Murray, who was incredible, uh, they are still you know the defending NFC champions, and things could get ugly yeah. pretty quickly. Well, maybe maybe it's just the case of the Jets looking past the Bills ahead to the 49ers. <laughs> I I know the calls are going to come for Gase. I Jake, I don't think they'll do something midseason unless it's like they're 0 and 10 or something. I guess like some kind of extreme situation for a few reasons they didn't they didn't do it a few years ago to Todd Bowles when they knew Todd Bowles was done remember the Buffalo game at MetLife Stadium they lost 41 to 10 I think it was Gase you know Bowles was done after that game and the Jets ownership let him finish the season out that's kind of the way they've been um and the other thing is if you fire Adam Gase I guess you know the natural thing is going to be Greg Williams to be the head coach I don't know how much that changes things and Dow Loggins is now running Adam Gase's offense like they, they, it's, it's not like baseball where you fire the manager midseason and, you know, he's not calling plays. Like, it, it'd be very, it's going to be tough to do that midstream. And I'm not sure how that helps Sam Darnold either. I think, you know, they'd wait till the end of the season to do hey, it. Hey, if they're 0 if 10, that's different. Yeah. They should, they should fire Gase and hire Dabo Sweeney, Swinney <laughs> and lure Trevor Lawrence to the middle ends. It's, it's scary, but, I mean, who knows? Uh, it's 2020. Anything's possible these days. Hey, look, the Jaguars won today, so there, there's hope right there for Jets fans, right? Any given Sunday, sir. All right, Serby. Uh, we'll check back with you in the coming weeks here. NY Post underscore Serby. Read his coverage in the Post newspaper and at nypost.com. Uh, good catching up with you, Serby. Hey, it's a long season. Remember that. Yes, and it's sir. about. It, it might very well get a lot longer. That ends episode 34, the Lamont Jordan edition of Gangs All Here, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Alex Camerata for helping me out in producing the show. Subscribe to Gangs All Here wherever you get podcasts, but if you use Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review, please. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Thursday previewing the Jets' Week 2 matchup at MetLife against the 49ers. Nick Mangold joins the show. We'll see you then. Stay safe.